Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Here with you on a Monday morning, Sunday evening. We are glad to be with you. Glad to have music back on the podcast. That's a good thing. Finally, the computer troubles are over here at Casa de la Haydad. We appreciate you guys sticking it out with us through these tough days in the history so, of our show. So it's your house, huh? Hmm? I just I just show up. The computer is at my house. Okay. The, the computer doesn't live with you. That, that's true, but... So the computer troubles you were... You made it sound like... The computer troubles were wholly within my domicile. You made it sound as though we are in Casa de la Haida. No, this is not Casa whatever. de la Haida. This is Casa de la Telesouth, to be totally honest that's with you. Very true. They own this house. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Appreciate you making us part of your day, especially our servicemen and women taking care of us out there. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Uh... I know some of you guys made your way over there this week. I know some of you guys were kind enough to leave us some treats over there. We may have some treats for you coming soon. Maybe not Strange Brew Coffee House treats, but, but treats nonetheless. We'll give you some more details about that uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, but we want to thank you guys for going and checking out our sponsor over there and getting yourself taken care of with some of that great locally brewed coffee. No, no, no national chain. Joel is all excited over there. He's like, are you going to go get some on the way home? What are you doing? Oh, uh, no, but I've got a couple of free ones waiting. I know. you need. Uh, so do I. And so th- I. thank you guys yeah, out there. Again, I yeah. still have to uh, try the, what is it, the Albano? Uh, Albano Rhino. Yes. I still, that's, that's your next, that's still that's your next stop. So make that happen. I also want to thank uh, our friends over at College Corner, collegecornerstore.com, or either of their two locations in Jackson. They are in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They are in Flowood by the Half Shell, and they've got you taken care of with their incredible selection of Mississippi State merchandise. And not just Mississippi State, but any school, you know. If you you want to buy a gag gift for someone, you know, or if you know one of the many USM fans out there. i tell you what, if I was going to buy Ole Miss gear, yeah. I would buy it in honor of that 84-year-old woman that just sank yeah. uh, uh, about She'll be on winners and losers today, I think. You know, every time I've been to the Pavilion, mm-hmm. they've done that promotion for two or three years mm-hmm. now. But they did it at State a couple years yeah. ago, too. But at the Pavilion, well, even at State, I don't think I've ever seen anyone even get close. I've seen somebody hit the board, but they missed the hole by about a foot. Yeah. But that's as close as I've ever come. That woman just went up there and stroked it. So congrats to her. Not too keen on an 84-year-old woman driving around. We'll see how that goes. If an eighty-four-year-old woman can sink a ninety-two foot, you might you might have a point. I'll let her drive. You might have a point. Her 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 hand-eye coordination. Look at you over there. You're acting like Jim Carrey, Dumb and Dumber. What? Uh, Old people, while slow and dangerous behind the wheel, (laughs) can still serve a purpose in life. (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) Look, I just remember. I remember the last time I drove anywhere with my grandmother. And when I tell you that I'm lucky to be sitting here with you right now, I'm not. I'm not making anything up. Who do you think our oldest? listener is age-wise obviously we won't know their name i don't know if david murray ever tunes in so <laughs> he, he would win at he two, would win 200 at, at whatever methuselah was when he kicked the bucket <laughs> uh but anyway college corner 
They're not kicking the bucket anytime soon. Go get check them out. Check out their incredible selection. Don't waste your time up here in Starkville. When you're when you're here for games, when you're here to visit friends and family, you come come prepared with a trip to college corner. Up and down weekend for Mississippi State. Mainly uh, mainly down. More losses than wins on the weekend. But we will start with the good stuff, and that's uh, baseball. Two out of three uh, for the Diamond Dogs. You know, what, what, this is baseball, right? It's baseball. Win two out of three. That's what you're supposed if to do. If you win two out of three every weekend, then on the day they announced the selection show, your name was going to be a national seed. I mean, unless you're playing, that simple. Unless you're playing a three-game set with Alcorn or something like that, right. two out of three is just fine. Can you imagine the RPI of a team? That, uh, of, of Power Five, like a big team that played a three-game set with Alcorn. <laughs> well, I don't I imagine mean, it's that much difference doing that. And uh, State's got a couple this week, one with Alcorn, one with Texas Southern. I, yeah, I don't that's true. imagine that's it's true. all that different. Probably not that, that different, but still. Uh, but State gets two out of three from Oregon State. Uh, takes the Friday game. Uh, final score there, 6-2, to 7-4 to four on Saturday. Drops the Sunday game, 7-2. to two. Um Three different stories within each game, in my opinion. Obviously, on, on Friday, you know, you had to sort of put it together with the bullpen with no JT Ginn. I thought Carlisle Kessler, his last name is Kessler. Let's say that one more time for the fans. Kessler is his last name, no matter what anybody else tells you. Uh, but he was solid in three innings. You know, you made the comment up in the uh, the press box, and I agree with it, that he, you know, for a guy who seems like he's a pitch-to-contact kind of pitcher, he threw a lot of pitches. He did. Yeah. Um, efficiency was not his thing. No, but he got outs. He did. Yeah, it was productive. I guess it all boils down to, for him, how he is ultimately used. We still don't know long-term what JT Ginn's prognosis is. Um, so I, I hate to sit here and play the long-range game and act like JT Ginn's out for the year when we don't know that yet. But... For purposes of a podcast, we talk for about three or four or five hours a week, whatever it is we talk, so we got to talk about something. If Kessler is going to be in the weekend rotation, State now has two guys in Sarantola and Kessler that I'm not totally convinced can get you past five innings. Right. And so For that, different that, reasons, too. And maybe, maybe I'm just slanted... Because I've only seen Kessler in that one relief appearance and then the one start. Maybe mm-hmm. that's not him, usually. That's a, that's a small sample size to go right. on uh, two outings. Yeah. But so far, he hasn't been a, a master of efficiency. And I, I, that's dangerous, because then, at that point, if you have two guys in Sarantola and, and Kessler that can't get you beyond four or five innings, that puts greater strain on a bunch of young relievers. Great strain. And uh, don't know that that's the greatest of strategies. Now, that said, you have guys out there like Landon Sims, who, holy cow, if any of you follow Pitching Ninja on Twitter, has a slider that, as Pitching Ninja said, is Scherzer-esque. Yeah. I mean, you have loads of talent. Will Bender of young, looks yeah. very, very good. Um, But I don't know that well, you, you want to You don't run. ever want to be in that position. Yeah, ever. You, know? you're you, don't, you don't ever want to be in a position where you're not getting quality innings from your starter, unless it's a situation, you know... That you plan for, you know, Trevor Fitz. When you plan for that situation, it's one thing. But when it's just, hey, I'm sending this guy out here and I'm only getting three innings and I wasn't hoping for that, yeah. that's when you've, you've got some issues. Now, Sarantola did give you five innings, but they were five up and down innings. I mean, he strikes out six, great. He walks five, he throws three wild pitches, and he gives up three hits and two runs. Whoever unlocks Sarantola is going to get either a 
a Golden Spikes winner or a Cy Young Award winner because his stuff is that good. But that has to happen for Mississippi State. He plays with so much fire that I'm big-time concerned with him whenever he's facing SEC-caliber lineups. And I know Oregon State's a good team, too, so I mean, yeah. it's a good test. But um, you keep walking – do you have the season stats pulled up there in front of you? If you I don't, can get them. I, I can get, I can them, sure get them. I got them right here. Hold on. I, I was just wondering how many walks he has and in- two starts. Yes, without total, without looking, I'm pretty sure it's eight. But I'll 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 double check that for you. Look at me, eight, eight, and he is thrown. I, I've got him. I've got him now too myself. Um, and he's thrown nine innings, so right. nearly a walk an inning. Not good. I mean, especially when you look at the other stuff. You know, he struck out fourteen. His batting average against him is only one fifty six. That's really good, but he puts guys on base. And then he had the two wild pitches today, which allowed a run to score. I mean, he's just shaky. Yeah, look at this, though. Batting average against 156. I literally if, if you, if you I can, literally just said that. Well, that's what I, what I didn't mean, look at the average, because you did, I'm saying <laughs> look at what I'm about to say after bringing that back up. Okay. Just throw a strike. Yeah. Just, How about just, pitch to contact? And if, you, if he pitches to contact... There's not going to be any contact. He's throwing 98. Exactly. That's, yes. That's all you got to do. And, and I, I say that like it's Is it the yips? Thing what has he got? What's the problem? I don't know. I, I don't know what the issue is. Um, but you're right. If he can ever find that consistency with his command, look out. He has Friday night type stuff. Yeah. But we now have seen... Two starts out of Serentola this year, and we have last year to go on, too. At some point, you kind of are what you are, and right now, it's who he is. You're just on that roller coaster anytime he's out there. Um, and, and the problem is, when you walk as many as he does and you issue the free passes that he does, you don't give up many hits, but when you give them up, the bases may be loaded because you walked them full. And so all of a sudden you've given up two or three runs. Right, you're putting yourself in a position where in, a, in an inning you may only give up one hit, but it scores two because you've walked a couple of guys and moved them over with a wild pitch. And that's what happened today. Yeah. So, um, that said, State has a bona fide, I think, another option to put on Fridays. And and I, I again, small sample size alert, but Christian McLeod looks like a stud. Now, yeah, that's. I hate, I hate doing these discussions so early in the season. I do, too. I feel like we don't know for sure about anything. But McLeod is... I kind of felt like he didn't have his best stuff and, and was still, still looked really was still good. pretty dominant. See, yeah. He struck out 18 in 10 innings, and he's only walked two. Batting average against him is 171. I mean, that's really, really solid. And if, you know, in a situation where we're not sure about JT Ginn and... Yeah. And, and truth is, even if JT Ginn comes back, do we know he's going to be able to go out there and throw 110, 120 pitches in a start? We don't. Uh, do we know? I mean, right now, let's say, for instance, he comes back next week, which that seems very optimistic at this point. But mm-hmm. let's just say, for instance, he does. I don't know. I mean, his pitch count was 60. He's been basically shut down for what would be two weeks at that point. Mm-hmm. He's not coming out there throwing more than sixty. No, probably not. I wouldn't think so. No, and that's a, so you're already a Long Beach State team that has gotten off to a fantastic start. They're a good team. That's a series. State if they could win that series, they'd be in really good shape. So I, where I'm going with that though is not only is Sarantola a guy that may not can get you through five. Not only is Carlisle Kessler a guy that may not can get you through five. JT Ginn, unless he comes back and is healthy and they can get him stretched back out, 
he's not getting you through five right now. You only have one pitcher right now in Christian McLeod that you think going out there, I mean, he's got a chance to get you deep into the game. That's kind of the only one right now. Um, early in the season, yes. Only six games in. I'm not saying that's where State's going to be in April. But but right now, as we sit here, you've got one thing that you can take to the bank on the Mississippi State pitching staff, and that's Christian McLeod. I think you got another couple other things. that I don't know if you can take him to the bank, but you can at least put him in the car with you to go to the bank. And that's I feel like Riley Self and Spencer Price have started to, to – Turn back into form, and what have we? What do we say on this show? If that happened, you got something. Yeah, because you do have the Landon Sims of the world, and the Will Bedners of the now, world, and the Chase Patricks of the world who, yeah. who've looked pretty and good. I don't think Self is going to be the same guy that you could throw out there for two or three innings like he used to be able to. But if you need six outs, I think he can get you that. I say two, three innings, and then I say six outs. But you see what I'm getting? I don't think he can do extended long relief. But he can be a guy. He can be the setup guy. And Spencer Price looks and, like and Self, he looks like Spencer Price yeah. again. And Self's that guy too. I I, I want to put Price in this category because he's a veteran, but he's he's still trying to work his. I say work his way back. He may be back, but like Self, you can kind of rely upon him for that heart rate not to go up. He is a great guy to put out there when there's runners on base and things. I mean, you saw it today. I think it was the sixth inning. Um, he 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 was in there, and mm-hmm. it's like his heart rate didn't go up. Double play ball. Yeah. Um, well, he's he's, he's, a, he's been there for these these moments. Yeah. Before. Nothing gets him. Yeah. Nothing is a surprise to him. You, you just like having that mentality in on your team and in your bullpen, and particularly in big time pressure moments. But when he gets to SEC play, he's not going to go out there and the heart rate go up. Yeah. I mean, you, you just kind of feel a little more comfortable with that. But if he's that, and if Price is back, I mean. That's a couple less spots you got to feel. Yeah, I like the way State played on Friday in terms of they never really gave up. I mean, they got struck out. They struck out seventeen times, and you know, still found a way to uh, sixteen. Wasn't it? Or was it seventeen? I think it was seventeen altogether. I could be wrong. Hold on a second. I, gotta, I might have to sneeze here. Sneeze <laughs> might happen, folks. Just be aware. Uh, hold it in. Hold it in. Hold it in. I know. Yeah. But they 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 did enough, and they grinded it out and got got the win for uh, Saturday's game. You know they, they they were a little bit more patient with their approach at the plate. Uh, the pitching wasn't as good. The Friday starter, by the way, for uh, Chamberlain for, uh, for Oregon State, that guy is He's really stud. good. He's really really good. You got a lefty. He's as good as as the guy State's going to see in the SEC this year. You got a lefty throwing mid nineties. It's got good breaking stuff. And oh by the way, it was freezing cold out there. When you can go ninety five to seventy eight, you got something there. Yeah, especially from a left hander. That's that's tough. So I liked what they did at the plate Saturday and Friday and Saturday, but on Sunday, my goodness. So Tanner Allen comes back and goes one for four. Foskey's two for three. He does have a home run. The rest of the lineup was over. Not a single hit from from one, two, and then five through nine. In six of the nine innings, nice, State goes one, two, three. I mean, that's just not getting it done. Yeah, and right now, and I know some of this is slanted by the the Chamberlain game on Friday, but... State's just striking out way too much yeah. right now. Um, you look at Rowdy That's Jordan. That's what Tanner Allen said in, in postgame today. You look at Rowdy Jordan at the top of the order. He struck out eight times in 22 at bat. Yeah. So so more greater than once every three ABs, your leadoff man's going down on strikes. And then James and Hatcher with seven strikeouts each and Pimentel with nine. I thought Pimentel's home run might be like the spark on Friday, from Friday because I think his first at bat on a Saturday he got a base hit. But he's still he's only hitting one seventy four. That's the guy you're having trying to protect Foscue. Yeah, and, and Pimentel just in my 
and maybe I'm slanted a little bit by one play. He had the play early in the game on uh, Sunday mm-hmm. where he was kind of set up under it a little bit. Yeah. And it ended up being a ground roll double. It like yeah. bounced and went over yeah. the wall. But I, I don't get the you know feeling that he's the world's greatest defender in left field. Yeah. And so you can't really not be the greatest defender and hit a buck seventy five. Yeah, you got, you got to get that going. Uh, I mean, and you know, you look at uh, Cameron James and Logan Tanner. Second weekend was not as successful as the first. You expect that from freshmen, though. Foscu is in, what a what a weekend he had. He his batting average went up about a hundred and twenty points. He's eating, he's already got ten RBI on the season through six games. So pretty impressive for him. But, I mean, yeah, this team, you know, this time last year, you look back and I think you have maybe four – obviously, it's short, small sample size. But you still had like four or five guys hitting over 400. I know Tanner Allen was. I know that Jake Mangum was. I know that Rowdy Jordan – or not Rowdy Jordan, uh, Justin Westberg was. And now, you know, you got a couple guys hitting 318 leading the team. So, the bats have – now, I think part of that has been you know, the weather, for sure. You know, it's tough to hit when it's cold. And, and the age-old baseball thing – that I have always kind of believed is that pitching is ahead of hitting right now. Yeah, um, that's a big that in the big leagues they say that all the time that it takes a couple of weeks to football, get your I mean. get your timing down and and everything like that. So if you believe that, yeah, you which, can attribute some of that yeah. to that. Plus which means, the fact you faced like you said a stud in Chamberlain on Friday, which right now one game out of six. That's you know near nearly twenty percent of your game, so that so affects. That a lot. makes it interesting to go out to the West Coast this weekend, where the weather should be nice, and you see how the bats re- respond to that. It's a good, like I said, a good Long Beach State team, uh, and you know, and you also should have some confidence going into the weekend because, like you mentioned earlier, you're playing Texas Southern and Alcorn State, a couple of SWAC teams. You should be able to crank out some some hits and some runs on them, and and sometimes just getting some hits leads to more. You know, sort of like the old with basketball, you just see the ball go in the cylinder once, and you can start shooting again. So, we'll see what happens. To, but to at me, the end of the day, State's 5-1. and one, They're 5-1. And, and they're in good shape. And to me, coming out of this weekend, the only thing that I have seen that concerns me long-term for this team is not anything that I saw on the field at all this weekend. Okay. It's JT again. Yeah. I want to know his status moving forward. And he was – you guys, somebody asked him today, and there is no update, no update yeah. at this point. Um, we'll obviously get one at some point this week. Right. And we're supposed to talk to Coach Lamonis today on Sports Talk Mississippi, so hopefully maybe have some information there. But I would be surprised if we do, to be totally honest with you. But yeah, before, it wouldn't shock me if we didn't know until they leave for Long Beach. Well, we'll talk we to them you know, after, the after the game on Wednesday. That's right. So after that game, that will probably be our last chance to get an update, and then we'll find out Friday what's going to happen there. But I'm not really – Long term, I don't think I'm really concerned with the offense. Rowdy's going to be fine. Tanner's going to yeah, be fine. I think fine. so. I think you're right. Justin's fine. I, I, I'm not concerned. Uh, I, I think the the staff is basically what you thought. Uh, McLeod's better than you thought. Mm-hmm. Um, is still the wild card that he was coming into the year. Nothing's changed there. Um, the pin to this point, I would probably say what better than you thought. Are you more comfortable? I, I think I'm more comfortable. I feel, I, they, they didn't have the greatest of late innings today. It just depends on who, who's coming out. I feel good about Patrick. I feel good about Bednar. Self and Price look okay. Sims. Sims looks fine. You know, they, and that's all you really need. And I mean, you, you don't need, you you don't need guys. I yeah. mean, it's great if you have more than that, yeah. but you don't necessarily have to I mean, have look at last guys. year. You had Cole Gordon, Lee Belt, Colby White. Who am I missing? Uh, you didn't have a whole ton of guys, though. Yeah. So, you know, you just need a few. Tristan Barlow. Tristan Barlow. Yeah, that's another one, yeah. Uh, 
Switching gears, let's talk men's basketball. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I'm calling it with with uh, about 80% of the precincts in. I'm saying no. I, I thought you were about to do uh, The Rock in the, the obituary reading. Dearly. <laughs> no. no uh, but no, is it time to write the obituary? It's I, over? I, this team has four losses to net 90 or below teams. Um, I don't see how I'm... If they went out and they were 12-6, and six, they probably would get in. But how am I supposed to predict they're going to win out when they can't beat, win at Texas A&M? And not only can they not win, they give up 87 points to a team that was averaging 61 points a game. Worst shooting team in the conference, and you let them shoot 60%. Why would I think that they can win, go 4-0 against an Alabama team that's already beaten them by 21? At South Carolina. At Missouri and at South Carolina, and then an Ole Miss that beat them by 25. I'm supposed to think that team's going 4-0 the way they've played this year? That they're just going to respond? No, I'm not going to buy that for one second. It's over. I'll, you know what? You want old takes expose me when the time comes? I'll, I'll wear that, no problem. It kind of does. It's over. It kind of does feel like at this point the path to the tournament is win the SEC tournament. I don't see it any other way, and I don't think that can happen either. I just don't. I don't see them being able to do that. So, I feel like every Mississippi State team the last two, three years. I don't. Know, that's a stretch, probably. I guess last year and this year. I just feel like they can beat anybody and they can just lay an egg against anybody. That's fair. I I just don't know what to expect when I'm sitting there at the hump or watching it on TV. or And I don't – is that a knock against Ben Howland? Is it a credit to the parody in college basketball? I don't know the answers to that. Like It can be a little of both. Um, I don't know that Mississippi State, for all the fire howling folks – I mean, you fire him. Who are you bringing in that you get off of that roller coaster? Right. I don't know the answer to that either. I don't either. I mean, there I, there are plenty of good young coaches. You're just kind of stuck on the hamster wheel right now. Right. But but at least Howland is recruiting talent, so you feel like eventually talent wins out. But this year, so far, it, it has not. Has not. And, and and that's the that's the biggest issue is they've lost of their what? How many losses do they have? Nine. Is that right? Yeah. Of their nine losses. They were the more talented team in probably seven of them. I, you know, Villanova better than Mississippi State. Uh, LSU, I'm going to say Mississippi better than Mississippi State. Auburn too, so six. But State's better than Louisiana Tech than the New, Mex- New Mexico State. Ten losses, by the way. Ten losses. Okay, fine. They're better than A and M. They're better than Ole Miss. They're better than Alabama, I believe. They're better than uh, uh who else did they lose to? I'm just trying to just you know they're not better than Kentucky. Okay, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm off then. But regardless, State has a number of losses this year of teams they were better than. You know, they should have just lost one in the non conference. Which by the way, if they had done that, I would still say they were they were in, even losing these games. But they didn't. They were they should have beaten AM. Ole Miss is a rivalry game and it could go either way, but losing by twenty five is inexcusable. You know, and and they just they're just not good. You know they're 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 a good they're they're a a bad good team. They're a team that play when they play their best. They they can beat anybody, but they don't always play their best. And they they and they more often than not do not play their best. And it doesn't make any sense why they're not. I, we talk all the time in sports about there was somebody the other day. Well, it was Texas A and M. You were saying the. The uh, sum of the the parts was greater than the individual parts, or right. whatever. The reverse is true. The reverse here. is true for state. Yeah. Like you look at every position on the floor, Reggie Perry, a guy that 
I mean, it. I don't think he's going to be this now. But I mean, the term lottery pick has come up before with him. Right. Robert Woodard. We saw him on one of the ESPN graphics earlier in the season, Top ranked even prospect. higher than Perry. Right. Um, Nick Weatherspoon, a, a junior point guard. You would think key cog of the team, and he has his moments, but he also has his his stinkers. Um, Tyson Carter, just hit or miss. Sometimes he's good, and sometimes he's not. Uh, I just don't. When you look at the the different parts on this team, you just feel like there should be some level of of consistency. I mean, they're a, a pretty well rounded team. You got the experience of Carter and and. Uh, Weatherspoon, and then you got the talent of Perry and Woodard, and you got Stewart emerging, and yet for whatever reason they just can't click on all cylinders. Yeah, and I don't know. That, I think it's too late to to think that that's going to happen. Now I could be wrong. They could just snap out of it and win these last four games and win a game in the tournament. And the next thing you know, on Selection Sunday they're in. Um, but more than likely, I, I don't see that happening. I just I don't see how you can trust this team to win these games. And I think at best they're going to go three and one. But I won't be to- totally surprised if they go two and two. I won't be completely surprised if they somehow screw it up completely and go one and three. Let, let's play that game. They're three and one down the stretch. Okay. Do they? Do they Who's have the loss at Carolina? You're on the bubble. You're probably in like the last four out of the next four out. So that, that's what I'm saying. You do that. So what's your opinion? They have to get to Sunday in the SEC. They'd tournament? have to win. They, if they got to Saturday, they might be okay. They won two. They might be okay. Maybe. It's going to be tight. They, they don't have any room for error. They don't, and they don't have anyone to complain about. If they if they don't make it, they can't look at well, we got screwed. This isn't this isn't going to be like that. I guess my argument is the talent on this team is such that I'm not willing, as we sit here today on February the 23rd, recording, I'm not willing to just nail the coffin shut because they are talented enough. They're talented enough to win out. I'm like you. I don't think they will. But they're talented enough to at least pull out a three and one, I think. And they're talented enough to win a couple in Nashville, and then you're at the point to where they may be in. Right. So I'm not willing to sit here today and write the obituary and say the bubble is completely popped. And I'm saying it. Okay. I'm saying they don't get in. I mean, if you made me guess today, my guess is they don't. But I'm not so convinced that I'm willing to absolutely I, I, I stamp just, it. I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. Well, just, that, what you're getting a picture of is my, I guess, sunny side up personality yeah. and your the doom is here personality. I'm just, I'm, I'm just being real. <laughs> All right. I really did not expect to see what I saw at the hump on Sunday, and that's MSU drop a non-conference game. State's first non-conference, or first, sorry, first conference loss to a team uh, that's unranked since I don't remember when. You know, Missouri was ranked a season ago. The year before that, I don't think they lost in the hump to a conference team. So it's been at least three years. Uh, But they did indeed drop a heartbreaker today to Alabama, a game that State led by 13 points in the fourth quarter, but completely gave it away and uh, ended up losing on a a buzzer-beater tip-in. As the uh, clock expired, Alabama wins at 66-64. Post-game press conference is very interesting. And and. I don't know if you'll be able to see it from my my periscope. You might want to go watch the uh, the, the MSU one, but Maya Taylor was obviously very emotional sitting up there. She had obviously been crying. I mean, you can just, you know you can just tell. And Vic sort of used the press conference 
to he was talking to his team through us. Talking about how they're not tough and they don't have the players, you know, they don't have the right mentality. They don't have the, the players, you know, when it gets tough that they want to get after it. And I, I, it was a very interesting to listen to. Him. I, I highly suggest you go back and find that video. It's at Sports Talk Mississippi. You can at least hear what Vic has to say. But Vic was basically giving his team a, a pep talk through us. And I found it very interesting. And this is sort of, you know, this team is 23-5. and five. And it's such a credit to Vic Schaefer that a 23-5 and five team, and people are like, what's wrong? What's wrong with this team? But you got something there. I mean, you look since they beat up, they beat the hell out of Tennessee uh, on February sixth. Since then, they struggled to come. They had to come back to beat Texas A and M. They lose at Kentucky. They struggled at Auburn. Came back to win, and then they lose today versus Alabama. Now you've got a really tough Arkansas team coming in here on Thursday, and that game. You know, if you win that, I think you seal up a top uh, four bid for the SEC. So you get to double buy. And then, luckily, you have the slump busters at the end of the year. You have Ole Miss, who you're just going to beat. But this team is not playing well right now. They've been in a funk lately. Um, I think one of the biggest issues is that, you know, from a perimeter standpoint, they don't really have anybody. Bibby has been inconsistent. Espinosa Hunter has been inconsistent. That's why she doesn't play very much. Dan Barry, Taylor, they're not much for perimeter threats. So teams are zoning the hell out of Mississippi State right now. They're not letting Jessica Carter get what she wants. They're, they're, they're bottling up Rakia Jackson, who only had 15 today. And, of course, Vic made a good point, you know, not to use it as an excuse, but she played 45 minutes on Thursday. Did not come out the whole game plus overtime. So she was, you know, she's a freshman. She's tired. State has got to find some perimeter shooting. I think that's what – if this team had better perimeter shooting, I think they could go a lot further than I think they're going to end up going. Fair? It's fair, but where's it going to come from? Is is kind of the where you're at now. I, again, I mentioned the date while ago. It's February the twenty third. At this juncture in the season, what you've been is most likely what you will be. Uh, what's worked to this point is probably what's going to continue to work, and what hasn't worked, you can't really count on it working. And so, I don't really know what you can expect to this point. I do kind of like, though, you were talking about Vic and his post-game presser. He's up there almost challenging his team, I guess is kind of the way you put it. When you have a young team kind of like this is, there isn't anything that gets you going more kind of than somebody saying what you're not going to do. I guess I liken it to being a parent a little bit. You want to get Cal T to eat his green beans or whatever, you tell him he can't do it or tell him that you can do it faster than him or something, and all of a sudden he may have a reevaluation of his ability to eat the green beans. Gets a little uh, motivation. I know that's such an elementary illustration, but to sit up there and kind of challenge your girls a little bit, sometimes young teams, sometimes older teams, but young young teams sometimes need that kick in the pants. And so may, maybe that's something that, that will help as well. But I, I go back to what I said a minute ago. At this juncture, you're talking about getting more from the perimeter and things. At this at this point in the season, where's it coming from? That's the thing in that the postseason starts in two weeks. Yeah. So never mind what I said. Like, he talks about we got to get tougher and we got to do this. This postseason starts in two weeks. When are you going to do this? You know, the, the, the time, you're out of time. There is no more time. 
you got two games left before you go into the into the SEC tournament. Well, so. the answer is I don't know that he a hundred percent believe because I, I I bet that Vic Schaefer, when tournament time gets here, is going to believe he has the capabilities of winning every game they play. You know, I, yeah, I think there is a little bit of that just, well, it's just tough love being shown. It's just that this team is capable of playing a way that they could win a lot of games. But they're also capable of playing in a way that they get bounced in the second round. So, you know, it's a little bit of which team is going to show up. Now, this time a year from now. <laughs> it's kind of like the men, except a little higher floor here. <laughs> the floor is much higher. Because yeah, I, I don't think Vic, Vic Schaefer would tolerate the, the men's floor, to be yeah. honest with you. Uh, when we get to tournament time, we'll see what happens. You know, and this time next year, when you've got all these guys and they've been through these wars before, they'll be fine. But this year, we all, we all knew this was going to be a growing experience this year. We knew it was going to be tough. The fact that they're twenty three and five gives you an example. It tells you how talented they are and how good a coach Schaefer is. You know, because less talent or lesser coach, and they would have. Pro- I mean, they would have easily lost two or three more games this year. Instead, not only have they you know won as many as they've won, but I mean, what's their worst loss in the season? They lost by nine at Kentucky. That's their worst loss. They lost by two to South Carolina. They lost by two today. They lost by uh, what five to West Virginia, six to West Virginia. They lost by five to uh, to Stanford. So I mean. That's just where this team, this team is. And, and Schaefer's been telling us this all year. If you've listened to him talk, he's like, you know, we got to do this. I'm having to teach them how to do – and he talked about scouting reports. So, like, I'm still trying to teach these guys how to read a scouting report. It's, it's two weeks before the, the, the start of the SEC tournament. So, credit to Vic Schaefer and his staff. They've obviously put together an incredible uh, program, and, the, and that, that's why the floor is so high. And, it's, like I said, it's, it's really interesting to me that a 23-5 and team has people wondering what's wrong. You know, you think about the, the men's team, if they were 23 and 5, people would be dancing in the streets. So, I'll tell you one thing, another thing that surprised me. Now, I know that there was a, ba- a baseball game today, but there was, a base- there was not a baseball game two weeks ago on the 9th. The students have sort of tapped out on, I don't know if it's just on basketball in general, but it, not a big student crowd for these last two women's basketball games at home. I don't know what that is about. I know, it's, like I said, I know today there was a baseball game, but I always say the same thing. There's 20,000 students at Mississippi State, there's not 20,000 students in the outfield. You know, I can't believe we can't get, you know, 2,000 students into the stadium. It's just weird. Well, it seemed to me for the men's games that student turnout hadn't been as great this year. And I, now, you know, granted, I think in the other, the, men's game. the other sections, though, at the men's game, I thought have improved this year. They, they, they by, had been better. Large. I would not be expecting much Tuesday. Well, I wouldn't either. But part of that is last game was an 8 o'clock tip on a Wednesday night. And the game coming up Tuesday, when you couple the losses with another 8 o'clock tip. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see it being a poor crowd. But by and large, this year, I, I feel like the general crowd has been better at men's games, whereas yeah. the students... We had good crowds like for, what, for Tennessee and Georgia. I thought that those crowds were good. And I think you'll have a good crowd for Ole Miss because it's Ole Miss and it's the end of the season. But, you know, it just sort of is what it is. All right. Uh, tomorrow's show... I don't know what we'll talk about yet. We've got a lot to do this week, though. We got. Uh, I might need to propose something to you here live on air. Sure. On early rumblings. I was thinking more of a later one. Okay, well, we can do I, I was want to do Wednesday for Thursday. Okay, because I know we're going to have a late Cause, night. Yeah, because on... Tuesday is the late basketball game, so we will not do the rumblings on Tuesday. We'll do it on Wednesday for Thursday show. Okay, uh, and then tomorrow's show we'll do a positional breakdown tomorrow. We'll go ahead and get the the receivers. That that needs to happen. That, that's going to be a a long discussion. Uh, plus, we'll uh, we'll preview Mississippi State versus Alabama uh, on tomorrow's show as well as the men. And I don't know if the bubble is burst or not. I say it has. Joe Lenardi says it hasn't. Joel Coleman says it hasn't. Brian, hey, Dad, Mr. Negativity over there, trying to just 
I hate everything. Zap all hope. I hate everything. So. Life sucks, and then you die. I don't know if you tell. I'm Vince not feeling well today, so maybe that's part of it. Maybe I'm just projecting my own you know, poor feelings onto well, it. I hope you feel better. I appreciate that. So I don't like when you're down and lowly. This is one of those days I'm happy that a few, like a few months ago, I got a prescription for some actual Sudafed, like the, the stuff you can't buy anymore because of meth. So I have some of that at the house. So I've had a sinus headache all day. I just keep popping Sudafeds. So I haven't, I haven't, I haven't graduated to meth. I don't know if I should try that or not. Probably not. I hear they use Drano. I don't want to drink that. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. All right, guys, have a great, uh, Monday back with you on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Tuesday morning for Joel T. Coleman. Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening. You could be the, the Jesse to my, my Mr. White, though. You, you could pull that off. It's science. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> no, don't say it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.